electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Meg Terrell. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders recorded at CNBC's live events. Today, a conversation with Rick Gates, Walgreens Head of Pharmacy and Healthcare, about his company's plans to distribute COVID vaccines safely, effectively, and quickly. He joined me at CNBC's Healthy Returns Spotlight on February 9th, 2021. Take a listen. Rick Gates, thank you so much for being here with us for Healthy Returns. You guys, of course, are in a very busy time right now. On Friday, you kick off your participation in the federal pharmacy program. So at you know some of your locations across the country, you'll be administering vaccines. You've already been doing that in partnership with some states and, of course, in long-term care facilities. But let's start with a question I think everybody wants to know, which is, when do you think anybody can walk into a Walgreens pharmacy or go to your website and make an appointment to get a COVID vaccine? Yeah, I, I wish I had the answer that everybody's asking. You know, it comes down to obviously supply. You know, and right now, uh, what you're looking is a balance between vaccine availability as well as understanding uh, eligibility for patients as well. Uh, we don't believe if you if you look at the trajectories of vaccines being produced, that so we're going to see widespread availability probably until the spring. I'd say late March and early April will be the timeline that you'll have it more broadly across all of our stores uh, across the nation and pharmacies and other places to start vaccinations. I mean, late March, early April isn't actually that far off. We're almost halfway through February, so that that's not as terrible. I was I was thinking you might say. But tell us about the supply you're going to start getting now through this federal pharmacy program. I understand you told Shep Smith about 170,000 doses you expect in the first week. Tell us about just sort of the pace of supply you're expecting over the coming weeks. Yeah, I think it's important for everybody to remember that uh, how this is set up is a federal pharmacy program is taking allocations, obviously, through uh, the Biden administration, OWS and CDC, and then allocating it across the pharmacies, the 15 or so pharmacy chains that have really stepped up to say they're going to help during this first session. So a million doses were allocated for the first uh, launch of that, which is coming up on the 12th. Uh, And of that, we had about 17 different states and jurisdictions that chose Walgreens as one of the providers to support. And we're getting a subset of that allocation to start supporting in those 17 jurisdictions. And so is it 170,000 for the first week? And do you expect that to be about the supply going forward? Yeah, it's a great question. I probably should have added that. I'm sorry. But uh, it will continue to move forward and increase over time. So we do believe that actually you're going to see as vaccine becomes more available, the federal pharmacy program will have more doses to be able to allocate across the pharmacies that are supporting this. And I think you're going to see um, Walgreens won't just support in the 17 states as it's more available. You'll see that start to open up much more broadly. It's important to note that there are a couple ways of vaccine is being allocated currently. One is through the federal program, which I think you're hearing a lot about because that's starting. 
But we've also been working very closely with states who have state allocations, which actually are, are more, if you look at total allocations, than the federal program right now. And so we are working with about 16 states and jurisdictions, and we are supporting in those states as well. So all in all, I think that we're just trying to understand how we can support the states, how we can support the federal government, and do what we do best, which is really uh, safely and efficiently give vaccines to Americans. Let's talk about some of the learnings that you've had through working with states, specifically on uh, being in the communities. I want to ask you later a bit about the uh, long-term care facility program. But, you know, through that partnership on the local level, what learnings have there been in terms of administering COVID vaccines? How is it different from the other vaccine businesses you have, like flu? Yeah, I think the difference in the learnings that we have is is that just like flu, you have every state may have different requirements or eligibility or uh, just who can do the vaccinations themselves. So we have to adjust how we operate based off of what the states require for, whether it's flu, shingles, pneumonia or all those types of vaccines. Um, when it came to COVID, we had 64 different jurisdictions that may have different ways or different uh, eligibility requirements. So you put on top of it. Uh, patient subpopulations that are eligible at different times and different across all the jurisdictions. And so that does create some complexity for us as a platform to really make sure that we can support that uh, more broadly and obviously try to accelerate that into what we're doing. So a lot of the learnings are, you know, it's changing on a daily basis and we have to be nimble to make sure that we can support it in the most efficient and safe manner. Well, let's talk about equity. You know, the White House uh, COVID-19 response team just had a briefing about trying to um, get better equity in terms of who's getting vaccines. If you look at the CDC demographics data, it's really disproportionate in terms of more white people getting access to vaccines, people of color really not getting as much access. And the hope is that through the pharmacy program and then also through community health centers, which they just announced today, um, you'll be able to reach more people of color in the communities where they live. So for Walgreens, you know, if you go to your website to sign up for a vaccine appointment and you're in the eligible groups, is there a way for pharmacies to try to ensure you are serving the communities where you're based? Uh, there's no sort of, you know, proof of residence requirement or anything like that. So how can you ensure equity and who's getting these appointments? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think equity is absolutely something that is uh, at the forefront of what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, I think CDC also states that some there's interrelated issues as to what's what's causing a challenge to vaccine equity, especially in communities of, of color, and that would be uh, transportation and uh, vaccine hesitancy. So I think a lot of what you're seeing us do is really uh, kind of have a three-pronged approach to what how we're going to address vaccine hesitancy. One is access. So as vaccine becomes more readily available, obviously our 9,000 points of care, many of which are in medically underserved areas, are going to be important for us. But we have to have different models as well. You're going to see us very aggressively going out and working on off-site clinics and in areas and partnerships that we can really take vaccine into um, underserved areas and community of color to really bring that down or, or, or address that challenge. Second comes along the lines of vaccine hesitancy, and it's got to just be um, how do we leverage our pharmacists who are a trusted uh, source of information, but also partnerships that we have locally. You know, our pharmacists not only work locally, they live locally, and I think it's a lot of those relationships. They're taking the information to say, how do we get this out there and really uh, ensure that uh, the community understands how vaccine works, how safe it is, and that it's something they should be looking for as well. 
and a third are the barriers that, that uh, the communities of color are having to get vaccines, and that's looking at transportation as the most prevalent one. Obviously, we announced our Uber relationship today, but we're trying to understand how do we break down the barrier of transportation and make it easier for those that want to either get to our stores or get to off-sites or have access to vaccine much more available uh, going forward as well. So I think there's multiple approaches that we're trying to do to make sure that we can get there. Um, I think to, to get back to the other part of your first question, vaccine availability is probably the biggest hindrance right now. You know, it's not widely available. I think when we get it, even with the, the uh, federal program, we are putting those in most uh, more prevalently in stores in underserved communities to try to make sure it's available in those communities so that they have access to vaccine. That's what the federal program is really set to do. And we absolutely are following that with CDC to make sure we're putting vaccine in the right stores as well. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. Well, tell us about this Uber partnership that you just announced today. I mean, in some ways, it sounds really cool. You are setting up your appointment on the Walgreens website. You make appointments for both your first and your second dose. And then you have the ability to book an Uber to get to the appointment. Um, tell us first about how that works. Then I've got more questions for you about it. Sure thing. And, and, and I think just, just in general, I think what we're trying to do is, is to take down any challenges to, to uh, transportation uh, barriers that, that consumers may have. So I think that uh, the, the premise up front is that, you know, there will be bidirectional information, not information, but ability to uh, book uh, transportation, if you will, through Uber platforms for those that may want to click through and get access to it as well. But I think the, the broader context is obviously Uber has made a commitment more broadly on uh, 10 million rides uh, that are going to be reduced and or uh, no fare uh, for underserved areas. And obviously we're working on bringing access of vaccine into that as well. So the partnership really is tying together um, vaccine, vaccine hesitancy and information education, as well as bringing ride and transportations together as well. I think an important part of that is going to be how we actually partner in local communities to make sure that nonprofits and other partners that both Uber and Walgreens has can really say these are the right types of uh, populations to disseminate um, information around free rides and how do they get access to free rides uh, to get to vaccines that are available to them. Mm. And then sort of more broadly, not just for the Uber partnership, but in general, how does Walgreens ensure that folks who might not have internet access or aren't savvy with using a smartphone can make an appointment, figure out where to get a vaccine and, and get to that appointment if they need help with it? 
It's a great question, and I'd say that, that we're, we're building across multiple fronts. Uh, not only are we uh, taking call centers so that we can actually support that, our local stores are able to actually book appointments for those uh, consumers that they know and love and, and, and treat every single day. So so we're trying to make it multi-pronged, uh, you know, pronged, if you will. It's not going to just be through our app. It's not just going to be online. It's going to be actually our pharmacists and technicians outreaching to the consumers that they know and love and they work with every day to make sure that they understand that there is vaccine available and they can schedule appointments as well and they will actually take care of scheduling appointments for them when they talk to them as well. So there's multiple ways that consumers can actually schedule appointments going forward. Mm. Well, let's talk about your long-term care facility program as well. Both you and CVS were tapped to help with this program. And um, you said uh, now that you plan to get 100% of first shots done by mid-February. You know, back at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference in January 13th, I think the goal for that had been January 25th. So is it running a little bit behind schedule? And you know, there's been a lot of criticisms that maybe Walgreens and CVS have been going slower than many hoped. Do you think that's fair? You know, I, I would just say that, you know, we, we've had a lot of learnings from the beginning. I think I think the, the Operation Warp Speed and the government uh, asked us to help. We absolutely said that we would step up and help in any way, shape or form we could. I think if you looked early on, there were multiple reasons why it was a little bit slower than everybody thought. And I think we've learned from there. Um, it was uh, states had to choose one of two vaccines was one thing. Obviously, they were available at different times as well. Uh, you look at obviously there was hesitancy for um, residents as well as uh, employees that work in long-term care facilities as well. So some were waiting to see um, how those facilities that started early on reacted to it and did they have a lot of call-outs and those types of things as well. You had different timings by which skilled nursing facilities and assisted living facilities were approved by states to be launched as well. Um, all of those were confounding factors, which actually had a, a bit of a slower start to the program. But, you know, I think how we look at it is over the first 30 days, we did about a million vaccines. Over the next 10 days, we did our second million vaccines, and we're up to almost 2.5 million vaccines now. There's massive acceleration in, in the, the program itself. 100% of skilled nursing facilities, dose one clinics are done. Um, almost 90% of second dose clinics are already done in skilled nursing facilities. And we're approaching 90% of assisted living facilities, first dose clinics are done as well. So we are getting to the point where first shots and arms are done across the entire platform, not just skilled nursing facilities, which were the priority uh, from all states from the get-go. Mm. One thing we've heard both from folks at Walgreens and also the, the federal government is that there was an overcount of how many vaccine doses would actually be needed for this program. And we've heard from you guys that you're working on reallocating these doses you know, with the states. And you said hesitancy is one reason for that. Do you have any way to put numbers on you know, how many more doses were allocated than uh, actually were used? You know, I, I will say, and I think that's an important point, you know, the, the, the hesitancy that we saw as well as how we were asked to, to supply vaccine needs back into Operation Warp Speed through through their ordering system was based on bed count and obviously the, the, the amount of doses, which is two doses uh, per, per resident as well as per employee to get a, an estimated count, if you will. So obviously we went through that, that process to order for all of those that actually had uh, chosen Walgreens as their provider. And then as we started to go into these facilities, we were seeing vaccine hesitancy, particularly among those uh, that work in uh, these facilities that was uh, higher than we expected. So CDC actually published it just recently. We're seeing about 60% hesitancy for employees and about 20% hesitancy for uh, those that are living in these facilities as well. So that created um, 
uh, ask, if you will, for more vaccines than what was needed. So as we started to see that that was an issue going forward, we did start to work back with states to understand that we had more vaccine than we needed for the program and how did they want us to reallocate, whether it was going to be to support 1B and 1C type populations or to get back to the state so they could reallocate in ways that they wanted as well. Mm. So up until, you know, and currently, we, there are two vaccines available for covid both require pretty intense cold chain requirements. Pfizer is more so than Moderna's. Both are two shots. You know, we're expecting that we could see the Johnson & Johnson vaccine on the market within a few weeks. It's FDA advisory committee meeting. It's February 26th. That's a one-shot vaccine. can be stored in the fridge for at least three months. How much of a game changer will that be for places like Walgreens in administering these vaccines? You know, I would just say regardless of the vaccines that are available, I think it's, it's great that we're going to have additional vaccines so that we can start to get shots in arms. And I think how I look at the, the J&J vaccine, it is simpler. Obviously, one dose, we don't have to worry about scheduling second doses, uh, storage capabilities, all that stuff we've, we've done historically. I'm less concerned about that. I just think that we need more vaccine available so that we can actually accelerate what we're doing to support all the communities that we're in. And a single dose, and obviously some of the stats that you're seeing come back through uh, their FDA studies, uh, you know, showing um, the, the, the impact of hospitalizations, obviously a reduction in side effects and, and overall efficiency of these uh, vaccines. I think it's just good news for all of us that there's going to be more, more vaccine available. Well, I'm supposed to wrap, but I can't leave you without asking you about your incoming CEO, Roz Brewer. Um, you know, are you expecting any major change in strategies with Roz coming in from Starbucks in the middle of this massive historic vaccine rollout? What can you tell us? You know, I, I can just say that we are so excited to have Roz uh, joining the company. Obviously, she's finishing out her current uh, role. But if you look at where she's gone through transformative type changes, really customer focused solutions that she's put into market during massive times of change in the companies that she's been in, we are more than excited for her to come on and really help us continue the evolution and really supercharge um, how we get customer first solutions, advance in digital and really be a platform, both digital and physical, to really support all the communities that we're in. So we are beyond excited for Ross to be joining. That was Rick Gates, head of pharmacy and healthcare for Walgreens. We spoke at CNBC's Healthy Returns Spotlight on February 9th, 2021. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information about upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, visit cnbcevents.com. I'm Meg Terrell. Thanks for listening. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.